Howdy, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Jeffersonian Tradition. Before we get started, I have a couple of things to go over. For now, the podcast is mostly ad-free, and I sure would like to keep it that way. You can help me out with that by becoming a supporting listener. If you find value in the podcast, there's a link in the show notes page that will enable you to contribute to my work and to help keep the podcast going and keep it light on advertising. Contributions start as low as $0.99 per month, with two other brackets at $4.99 per month or $9.99 per month. If you're not comfortable with a recurring contribution model, I've also set up a Cash App profile for the show. One-time contributions can be sent through Cash App to the show's cash tag, which is $MrJeffersonian, and all of this information will be listed in the show notes page as well. Any contribution amounts help, and thank you in advance to anyone who chooses to pitch in. And if you like the show, then please be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications for it. We are now available on all major podcast platforms. And to help the show grow, make sure to share it with your friends and family. And other show-related news, if there's a topic you'd like for me to cover, or if you just have general questions for me, I can be contacted at the show's email address, which is mrjeffersonian at outlook.com, or through the show's MeWe group, which is also titled The Jeffersonian Tradition. And if you're not on MeWe yet, then seriously, what are you waiting for? Unlike a certain other social media platform, MeWe respects the right to free speech and offers a privacy bill of rights. So if you'd like to be a member there, then download the MeWe app and search for me at the username Mr. Jeffersonian. The show group is private, so we must be contacts before I can send you the group invite. If you're not familiar with MeWe's platform, contacts are the same as being friends on Facebook. With all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's now turn our attention to the topic for today's episode. All right, so today we are going to have an interview with Senator Don Huffines, Texas gubernatorial candidate. And uh, Senator Huffines, I just want to say I listened to your interview with Buck Johnson, and I have to say you really got my batteries charged all the way up, and it's an honor to have you on the show. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, first, can you tell everybody what made you decide to run for the gubernatorial office? Sure. Let me, uh, if you don't mind, I'll just rewind a little bit and give you a little bit of bio, excuse me, on me and and tell you why I'm running. Um, I'm running for the uh, nomination, Republican nomination for governor of Texas, and that election will be in late spring of 22. This is the I consider the most important election in the country, and I think most people would agree. Uh, it's the because it this is going to set the tone for the country for many, many years. Uh, when Texas uh, needs to be a leader uh, for uh, for our liberties uh, and our freedom, and the only chance we have of that happening is is to get rid of the rhino that's in in office right now. Uh, I'm. I was in the Texas Senate from 14 to 18, small bodies, only 31 state senators, 20 Republicans. I represented Dallas County, the north half of Dallas County. I'm a fifth-generation Texan. I was born and raised in Dallas, and I've always been a lifelong liberty lover. I was, uh, I've been a delegate to three national conventions, uh, probably 10 stations. And I learned when I was in Austin as a state senator from 14 to 18 uh, what a swamp it really is. It is a just as deep and wide as Washington. It might not be quite as big, but it, it's certainly as swampy 
And I got knocked out in 18 by the Democrats in Dallas County when they finished taking over every almost every elected position in the county. There are three Republicans out of about 80 partisan positions in the county left. And that's it. Our judges, everything is all Democrat. Trump lost the county three to one or more. Uh, but so I'm running. I'm running uh, for governor for for a lot of reasons. But the main reason and the overall arching reason is just leadership. No excuses. I, like most Republican primary voters, we're tired, we're scared, and we're really frustrated. We're tired of being lied to. And we're tired of broken and empty promises. And that's what we get for the Republican rhinos, the establishment. And they're interested in their careers. They're not interested in solving the problems that affect Texas or affect our nation. Uh, I'm a business guy. I'll be the first businessman to sit in the governor's seat in almost 40 years. We have a real different way of seeing things. And look, I can just go down the list. And is the border secure? Of course not. Our, in Texas, we have the highest or some of the very highest property taxes in the nation. I've got a great plan to phase out that tax completely. No one has confidence in our elections and our votes aren't being counted properly. And I've got a great plan to fix that. So those are the three main things that I'm working on but in my campaign for my platform. But there's a lot of other things also. Uh, and I think Texas primary voters are smart. They understand this is a failed administration. That's the Abbott administration. They understand that he's a political windsock, just blows in the wind. Um, and so I, I'm very optimistic, and we got a path to victory, and we're on it. Absolutely. So specifically on, on border control, it seems like that is a pretty hot button issue in Texas. So how will your administration use the powers of the state government to ensure the security of the Texas border? Well, the most important, there's two things I'm really going to focus on, and I've, and I've announced these uh, since I entered the race in May the 12th. And I'm going to finish Trump's wall, or we'll call it a Texas wall, and I'll spend the money necessary. Texas has a lot of resources. We feel like it's, my budget right now is about two and a half billion billion dollars to finish it. I just came back from the border uh, three days last week. I uh, just got back actually today because we we're making the rounds around the state. And it, this is a very serious situation. We've got to secure that border. So I'm going to finish the wall. We've got the money. Texas can build it. Uh, but the most significant thing I'm going to do is uh, use the United States Constitution. It's not a mystery. It's not complicated. If you look at Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, it was specifically written for this very occasion. And that is to give the states the authority to defend themselves against an invasion when the federal government's either participating in the invasion or not, or not defending the states. I mean, just let's take a quick gander at that and just look. When we joined, I don't think states would have joined the Union if it wasn't in there. Because, for instance, if South Carolina was invaded by the French and the federal government never came to their rescue. Of course, South Carolina's got the, the right to defend itself and solicit support from other states and to levy taxes to that effect. So that's exactly what Texas is going to do. I will never ask permission from the federal government to secure the Texas border. And I'm never asking permission of the federal government to do anything for the state of Texas, for that matter. 
I'm going to engage the entire Texas military. We have 20,000 in our Texas National Guard. That is the Texas military. They are beholden to the governor. And I will use all of them to secure the river. There's 25 crossings over that river. I'm going to stop all inbound commercial traffic from Mexico. That's specifically to put the economic hurt on Mexico and make them secure their side of the river. The only thing I know about Mexico, they love making money, and Texas does $250 billion worth of trade with Mexico annually. This is inbound traffic only. You've got the proper visas, and individuals can come and go, and so can outbound. But we're going to put the hurt on Mexico. When the illegals get to our side of the river, we're loading them up and taking them right back. Texas doesn't just have the authority, which it does, to enforce immigration law. It's got the authority to ignore immigration law, and we'll be doing some of each. And we're going to get done in 30 days, which no one's done in 30 years. Look, the federal government's never going to secure our border. Never. They're the ones opening the border. This is a premeditated attack on Texas and the United States of America. Border Patrol is estimating up to 2 million, 2 million unapprehended illegals will flood into Texas in a little over a 12-month period. Anyway, you defined invasion. This is it. Every one of them smuggled in by the most dangerous criminal organizations in the world, the Mexican cartels. I mean, the stories and tales and the videos I'm seeing are just, are just horrible, horrible. They're murdering. They're raping. It, it, it's crazy. It's horrible. And, and they're making hundreds of millions of dollars on every single uh, illegal coming in. Border patrols called illegal since the beginning of this year from over 110 different countries. Uh, this is not just Mexico. They're, they're from all over the world, and it's going to stop under Huffine's administration. Outstanding. So in addition to Article 1, Section 10, sounds like you're going to be a Ninth and Tenth Amendment governor. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. That's, that's exactly what I like to hear. Oh, see, there you go. You get me all fired up again. That's, that's good. So because the general government can't keep its nose out of other folks' business, um, how, how do you anticipate having to resist federal overreach on this issue? Well, you got to remember, we have three stools to, you know, uh, to uh, three legs, excuse me, to the stool. We got the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the, and, the, and the court system. That's how it was set up. Let me just rewind and just say specifically the lens I look through when I govern. And it's the way I was in the Texas Senate, and, and it's the way I'm going to be as governor of Texas. And that is, what is the fundamental role of government? We should always ask ourselves this question. We should ask every candidate running for office. I don't care if they're running for dog catcher or city council. What is the fundamental role of government? And this is a question that, that citizens in our country could have answered for 125 years because it was taught from the elementary level to the higher ed level. It was, and it, the answer is simple. It's always to defend your natural rights. It's always to defend your God-given liberty. That's what government was about. That's why we swear allegiance to the Constitution that was written specifically to, to protect your God-given liberties and, and, and to protect state rights. States created the federal government. And so, look, I'm, I'm going to take Texas sovereignty to a level it's never been seen. It's never been seen by anyone in this country probably since 1860. And I'm not going to just prove it to the rest of the United States. I'm going to prove it to the world what it means to be sovereign. And so the point of your question is, what can the, the answer to your question, excuse me, is that federal judges can make all the rulings they want, which they're good at, and they're, most of them are political, and the same with state judges, but they can't enforce it. Federal judges can't enforce a ruling. All they're doing is interpreting the law. 
and they have a problem enforcing it. Yes, no, absolutely. And I'm a huge fan of Spencer Rowan um, when it comes to how to check federal judicial tyranny. So that that definitely gives me a lot of hope. Uh, because you are absolutely right. You know, the federal judiciary, it has no active enforcement division. Now, that, granted, they, they might could turn to the executive and the military, but then you kind of force their hand to show them as the bad guy in the situation, in my opinion. So that that's good to hear. Uh, that is good to hear. You are absolutely right. Uh, the states created the general government. John Randolph of Roanoke told us, you know, the that the general government was the breath of the nostril of the states. So it is good to hear somebody standing up for states' rights and, and standing up for the citizens of their state. So do you anticipate, um, within the state, do you anticipate any pushback, obviously, from the opposition party? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure I will uh, receive that. But some of the issues I'm really focused on, I'm focused on the big issues for the state, and they're not necessarily partisan. There's many uh, Democrats that think this, this border invasion is a disaster, particularly on the border area. I mean, Trump did tremendous down there, flipped these counties that had never gone Republican. The Republicans never even campaigned down there. And <clears throat> so I'm working it hard. Uh, where I'm seeing is the, the Tejano and the Hispanics of Texas have had enough. And look, these people, this is about economic mobility. This is about getting fair wages. This is this is a, a nonpartisan issue. We this is the government now with illegals have distorted distorted our labor market, uh, and that's why Trump does so well, and that's why I'm going to do well down there also. Absolutely, and then specific with with the state issues, I know um, just looking at your campaign website, you've had a really strong platform for healthcare too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's another area of, of, of course, the federal government overreach, uh, probably the, the, most, um, the most serious overreach we have in our country. You know, medical is a, is a big issue. Uh, it, it, it's totally out of control. And, uh, the cost is, excuse me. And that's what happens when you have government interference and the government distorts the market. So my goal is to have a Texas healthcare system that's independent of the federal system, I can assure you we can do better. But it's really not that. It's really getting the, getting the government out of the way and letting the free market run. And the free, look, millions of people making their own decision is always going to be better than just a couple of hundred legislators making their decisions for them. Right. And then in light of the medical tyranny that we've seen over the past 18 months, um, aside from the general government, we've also seen private companies want to try to come out and mandate that people have to get the vaccine. Uh, you seem to be against that. So can you talk some on that and why why that is your stance? Of course, I was for vaccine choice before the Wuhan virus hit. I mean, your medical decisions are up to the individual. It's never up to anyone else. It's ne- I would never, ever allow government to, to have forced medication on anyone for any reason. I would never let the government have forced mask mandates for any reason, and nor would I allow businesses to do uh, either, or, and especially government schools or government agencies, or because it, the Constitution doesn't give me the authority to do that. That's one reason I'm running uh, for governor. It's the catalyst that made me run was when our governor, Abbott, in March of 20, uh, shredded our United States Constitution that he swore an allegiance to uphold and defend, and he shredded it. He put three over three million Texans out of work. 
in one day. Three million. Guess more jobs than the state has created in 10 years combined. And then he destroyed tens of thousands of businesses. These are businesses that had been around for generations. Gone. He picked the winners and the losers. He and, and who was essential and who wasn't, just unilaterally on his own. And then he closed our churches. And he closed our churches on the holiest week of the year, Easter. You couldn't, obviously, you couldn't properly get married or bury the dead or, or baptize. I can go on and on. You couldn't visit the sick. Then he keeps a mass mandate on us for nine months, and people thank him for taking it off. And I'm like, are you serious? That's like thanking a thief for bringing some of your merchandise back that they stole. So uh, th I've been around, <clears throat> I was working around the state having open Texas rallies and speaking at those rallies for the last two years. Uh, I'm a business guy, like I said, and, and this is a real campaign. I'm in it to win. Uh, uh, we've got a path to victory. Uh, we've got the resources. We're raising millions of dollars for this. And Greg Abbott knows it, and he's running scared. Absolutely. And so I know, aside from the private companies, we had talked a little bit about the general government and some of its uh, bureaucratic agencies. So can we expect the Huffines administration to take state nullification in hand to get rid of some of these CDC edicts that they have no authority to make? Uh, very, very quickly. As soon as I get into office, you'll see uh, me uh, working on that and a lot of these other issues. Of course, I'm going to nullify the CDC. Good. And then can we expect any sort of nullification on finally helping Texas get rid of the ACA? Yes, but it's a little more, it's a little bit obviously more complicated. It involves a lot more money. Uh, so we have to look at the, at the recourse. I, I won't, let me just say this, nullify anything unless I have really studied it hard what the federal government's possible reaction will be. So I don't just have plan A, I've got plan A through F. Uh, and uh, so we'll come up with great plans. Uh, to find out what their reaction would be and how we're going to respond before I do it. Oh, absolutely. And and specifically with the ACA, excuse me, with the ACA, I, I think you would have a really strong case because initially when that was held up as, you know, allegedly being constitutional, uh, they held it up as a revenue bill, but it, it originated in the Senate and it, it did not originate in the House. So to me, that that's a blatant violation. So I, I think you would have a pretty strong case there. Um, definitely, it would be good to see that. So that's uh, that's about all we have for today in terms of platform-specific questions. Do you have any final thoughts or resources you want to pitch to the listeners? Well, sure. I just ask everybody to get involved with the campaign. Uh, it's Don Huffines. That's spelled H-U-F-F-I-N-E-S, DonHuffines.com. And, of course, you can go to the website and, and endorse or, or uh, make, a, make a donation. But I will, I will tell you this, that our greatest days are coming. Uh, greatest days are da haven't dawned yet in Texas. It's a whole new chapter of, of Texas history and also for the United States history. Because like I said, we're going to prove to those socialists in New York, to San Francisco, to that swamp in Austin, what it means to be sovereign, what it means to get our economic and our personal liberties back, what it means to pay attention to the intent of our Constitution that we swear an allegiance to. And it, it's really going to be tremendous. Absolutely. Well, Senator Huffines, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Please remember, if you find value in the podcast, to consider contributing to the show. You can contribute on a recurring basis through the supporting listener link in the show notes page 
Or you can make a one-time contribution by using the show's Cash App information, which is also included in that show notes page. Any contribution amount helps, and thank you again to everyone in advance who decides to do so. Also, please consider downloading the MeWe app and joining the show's private group so we can have more sane discussion around historical and current political issues. And all right, with another episode in the books, thank you again for tuning in, and I'll talk to you all next time.